It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Coming to you from Great American Ballpark, it's the Better Off Red Podcast. Here's your host, Jamie Ramsey. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Better Off Red Podcast. We've got a great show for you today as former Red second baseman Pokey Reese checks in to talk about his time in a Cincinnati uniform and to update us on what he's currently up to. We have Reds Fest news coming up and a note on Joey Votto, but first, let's get to this week's music, courtesy of English singer-songwriter Jack Broadband. One day, gonna get off this crazy rock. new album Along the Trail of Tears available now on iTunes. If you Google Jack Broadbent, there's a good chance you'll come across a pretty amazing video of him playing a slide guitar version of Canned Heat's On the Road Again. What makes the video extraordinary is he uses a hip flask to help him perform the song. If you get a chance, check it out. It's fantastic. Before we get to this week's guest, let's cover some news from around Red's country. The Baseball Writers Association of America this week announced the top three finalists in the American League and the National League for the 2015 BBWAA Awards, and Joey Votto has been selected, along with Bryce Harper and Paul Goldschmidt, as a finalist for the 2015 National League Most Valuable Player Award. Votto this year batted .314 with 29 homers and 80 RBI, while getting on base at a .459 clip and slugging .541. He led the league with 143 walks, and overall he reached base safely in 144 of his 158 appearances. The National League MVP will be announced on MLB Network on Thursday, November 19th at 6 p.m. Eastern. Fox Sports Ohio Reds Fest, presented by PNC Bank, will be held at the Duke Energy Convention Center in downtown Cincinnati on Friday, December 4th, and Saturday, December 5th. More than 80 current players and coaches, Reds Hall of Famers, alumni, and broadcasters are expected to attend. Tickets are on sale now at Reds.com Reds Fest or by calling 513-381-REDS. You can also pick up your Reds Fest tickets at Great American Ballpark Box Office and select Kroger stores with Ticketmaster retail outlets. I said I ain't going down that long, lonely road all by myself. I said I ain't going down that long, lonely road. 
coming, I'm gonna carry somebody else. I said, if you ain't coming, I'm gonna carry somebody Our guest this week is one of only 25 second basemen in Major League history to win multiple Gold Glove awards. He's an eight-year big league veteran, including four seasons spent as a Cincinnati Red. He also played for the Pirates, as well as the 2004 world champion Boston Red Sox. This is Pokey Reese. Pokey Reese, how you doing, man? Hey, Jamie, I'm doing fine. How are you today? I'm doing great, doing great. I think... Uh, it's nice of you to, to join us. I appreciate you coming on. I think a lot of Reds fans are excited to hear what you're up to these days and, and uh, you know, just to see what's going on with you. You are a big fan favorite here in Cincinnati, and uh, they just wanted to get an update on uh, uh, on what, what you're doing these days, what part of the world you're living in, and how things are going. I am doing, I'm doing great. I'm living down here in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, uh, you know, where I grew up at, so... Uh, just enjoying being retired. I'm a fan of the game now. <laughs> you know, when I played, it's hard to become a fan, so I watch a lot of watch a lot of the games now. You know, just pulling for the Reds. Don't see them much, but when I do, you know, I want them to win. So I'm just enjoy, enjoying life. That's about it. Well, I love it. I saw that you were uh, you were recently named uh, Lower Richmond High School baseball coach. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's in the works. Uh, everything's not final yet, but. You know, hopefully we can work something out there. Oh, that's great, man. Is that something that, you know, you're excited about and something that you might pursue in uh, not only on the high school level but maybe in the pro ranks as well? Well, yeah, I would love to probably uh, get high, get up there in the minor league level stuff when you got to crawl before you can walk. Uh, these days it's a little different than when we played in high school, the high school game. There's a lot of different rules, so. You know, it's it's a lot different, but I mean, one day, I'm, who knows? You know, maybe I'll get up and become a minor league coach and go on from there. <laughs> Very good. You said you watch a lot of baseball games these days. Is uh, you know what? Obviously, the first question that comes to mind as far as Reds fans go, they would probably like to get your take on uh, on Brandon Phillips. Oh, Brandon's an an awesome player. Uh, I feel a little bit of myself in him. He makes the play. Make the routine plays and make the the spectacular plays look routine. So uh, Brandon's a great a, a great up and coming player. Well, he's not up and coming no more, but you know he's an all star and he, he plays the game hard and you know gives it up, gives gives it his all. So I love watching Brandon play. Now you say you see you see a lot of uh, or at least a little bit of uh, yourself in Brandon. Is um, you know you guys are. Uh, very, very, two of the best second basemen that ever played uh, for the Reds. What is it that you see in Brandon that kind of maybe reminds you uh, of yourself? Well, he covers a lot of ground. Uh, his pivot at the second base bag, I mean, he, you know, he, he uh, his speed and his, his, his all-around defensive game, I mean, he's definitely a better hitter than I ever was. But <laughs> <laughs> defensively, he's you know, he's pretty comparable. So, I mean, he just has a lot of range, his speed, his hand, good soft hands, and he pretty much makes all the plays. Uh, you and Brandon are two of just 25 players in the history of Major League Baseball to win gold gloves at second base. D 
did uh, fielding come natural to you, or was it something that you had to stay on top of? Well, I mean, it pretty much came natural. I mean, I, I was coming out of high school. I was uh, the top-rated defensive player, so that's that's where I, you know, I knew my game would probably be on the defensive end. But yes, I did work. I worked every day. You know, I got a chance to be out on the baseball field, spring training. I worked very hard on, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. Should have spent a little bit more time in the cages, but hey, <laughs> you know. So, uh, but yeah, defense it pretty much came natural to me. Now that leads me to my next question: If you had to go back and you know do all, do it all over again, would you change change anything in your time in the major leagues? Uh, I definitely wouldn't change anything. It was a great ride, but like I said, uh, I, I wish I could have worked a little bit more hard on my hitting. I worked hard on hitting. It's not like I didn't work, but you know, some of us are just not good hitters. But you know, I, I had a couple good years there as a hitter. But one thing I just go back and you know. Wish I could hit a little, hit a little bit better. How do you remember your time in Cincinnati, Pokey? Uh, great fans, great fan base. They supported us. Uh, you know, I, that was my second home. I mean, they gave me the opportunity to become a professional player, so I, I, I really thank them for that. And I just, I just enjoyed going out, you know, playing the game in front of those fans. And you know, I met a lot of good friends there. Still have a lot of good friends there. And just, you know, it, it's going to be a part of me, you know, the rest of my life. Do you ever get a chance to come back here? Uh, every once in a while. Every once in a while. Now, you nearly helped the Reds, lead the Reds to an unexpected run to the postseason in, in 1999 when the team won 96 games. What was it like playing for the team that year? Oh, it was great. It was great. Uh, Jack McKinn, one of the best managers I've ever played for didn't have too many rules, just be on time and play hard. And and that's what we did. Uh, the, com- the, uh, the camaraderie on that team was awesome. We, I mean, those were my brothers. I miss those guys, you know, just coming to the yard every day, knowing, you know, you go out and put on a show. Even though we didn't do well at home that year, but we enjoyed, you know, playing in front of those guys. Uh, we enjoyed just, just going out there every day competing, you know. So uh, that was one of the best teams I ever played on. Yes, I won the World Series, but – those were my brothers, and I just wish we could have done it for the, you know, for Cincinnati. Yeah, you guys were uh, obviously, of course, people remember that one-game playoff with the Mets. You had mm-hmm. to face Al Leiter, and you had some success against Al Leiter in your career. I think you hit two homers off of him. Yeah, I mean, I love, I like facing Al because you pretty much knew what you're going to get, either slider or cutter in. So, uh, pretty much, you know, go out there looking for that, and I, I did have a lot of success against him now how did the team change in 2000 uh good question i'm not i'm not sure we just uh, we just lost some leadership you know greg vaughn was a big part of that locker room in 99 uh we lost him uh, i think uh cam was a big part of that mm-hmm. mike cameron you know so we just we just didn't i guess we wasn't as focused i i, I, I would guess i don't know but still you know, uh, 2000 was a great bunch of guys as well. But, I mean, you know, you have those years. I mean, you're not going to win them all <laughs> every right. year. Right. And you mentioned Greg Vaughn. And I, I just had Dimitri on the podcast, uh, you know, recently. And I asked him about Greg Vaughn and how important how important he was to not only that team but to the clubhouse. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, Greg was great. I mean, you know, uh, as a young player, you know, we don't want to – 
have to speak all the time or speak up or whatever. That's what Greg did. Uh, you know, Larkin is a Hall of Famer, uh, great player, all-star. He didn't, you know, he didn't say much. So Greg, Greg took, took that role and he just, you know, ran from there. So Greg was just, he would take us to the cages. He would do things, you know, before he got there, we didn't do as a young group. And that pretty much, that helped us out. His first day in spring training, we got, they put us all in the cage and we did some, some, some teamwork together as a team, stuff we never did as a team like that. So it's the, it's the little things like that. And he was all, he would always encourage us to do better. Win today, win today, win today. And, you know, that's, that's, that's what he did. Those of us that weren't in the clubhouse couldn't really, you know, see that, but, uh, mm -hmm. did, did Greg, you know, if you didn't hustle or, you know, he thought maybe you were playing lackadaisically, did did he ever uh, get in guys' faces or confront them on that? Uh, I don't think we even really had to worry about any of that. You know, we had we had got we played hard every game for Jack McCann and that staff we had. I mean, I, I didn't see any of that going on. Uh, you know, when it didn't, when you strike out, you make an error or something like that, he'll just come over, you know, just let it go. Yeah. Who next? So I don't think it was any of the – you know, let's go. You got to run that ball out because we we played hard every game that year. What was it about Jack that you enjoyed playing for him? Uh, Jack, he just he just didn't bother you. You know, if you got out of line, of course he'll come. He'll pull you to the side. He'll have something to say. But like I said, all Jack wanted you to do was play hard for him and be on time. And that's, I mean, if you can't do that, I mean, then you, you know, you're pretty much gonna have problems. But that, that, that's all he he wanted of his players. And you know, he'd walk around. He, you know, hey, how you doing today? You know, he talked to him that way. But he didn't. He he wasn't really the rah rah type. Jack was laid back, and he let Ronnie Oster, Ken Griffey Sr., Dennis Minky, and Don Gullett do 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 their job. I mean, they coach and he managed the whole team. So that way. You know, that's why I love Jack. He didn't bug us. He just encouraged us to, to do well. Yeah. Uh, you know, when the Reds were pursuing Ken Griffey Jr., it was reported that you were a player the Mariners wanted, but the Reds were not willing to include you. How did that make you feel? I really didn't get caught up in that hype. I mean, like I see with the business, uh, it made me feel. It made me feel pretty good. I mean, but I'm glad they didn't. I wanted to be there in Cincinnati as well. So I mean. I felt good, but, I mean, I really didn't get caught up in all, all the hype. I mean, if it happened, it happened. It didn't happen, so I was just happy to continue to be a part of a Major League Baseball team. <laughs> well, the, the Reds did eventually trade you uh, to Colorado in 2001, I believe it was. In fact, mm -hmm. you were uh, you were only traded twice, but oddly enough, it came on back-to-back -back days. How, yeah. how, how weird was that for you? Uh, like I said again, it wasn't – I really didn't feed into the hype or worried about all that. It's whatever the teams were going to do, and I was going to show up and play whoever I was going to, you know, be with. So I really didn't get didn't get caught up in that because I knew wherever I'd be, I'd just be happy to go and play, play the game of baseball. So, I mean, it really didn't bug me at all. Now let me ask you, how, how was it as a I – know, I know you're from a, a small town in South Carolina. How was it traveling the country – to all these big cities playing baseball. I mean, not only to these, you know, great baseball stadiums, but these cities as well. Did you uh did you get a chance to go out and check it out and, you know, kind of be a tourist? Well, yeah, I mean, it was great 
uh, getting that opportunity from where I come from to go out and, you know, see the United States. Uh, I'm not really big on tourists. Uh, I would just, I would really sleep. Sometimes I get up and walk around, but I, I really pretty much stayed in. But I mean, I, I love traveling anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, I love seeing the country, countryside, and the big cities. But most of the time, we were on the road. I'd order room service, then I'd stay in my room, and get, then I'd eat and just go to the bus. You know, <laughs> and stuff like that. I, I wanted my rest. I loved to sleep, so at that time, I just loved to sleep. wasn't really on big on getting out, walking around stuff like that. Hey, do you remember your first home run? I think it was against the Marlins, and I forget who it was off of. I it, can't remember right offhand. It was the but aforementioned Al Leiter. You hit a home run off Oh, Al yeah, yeah, okay. It was the second game, I think. I, second, First or second game up. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You also homered off two Hall of Famers, uh, Greg Maddox uh, and Dennis Eckersley. It is actually in St. Louis, yeah. <laughs> That's got to be a big thrill for you and, you know, something that you got to be proud of, right? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, Dennis actually, I mean, one of the best closers ever to play, you know, to throw a baseball. And obviously Greg Maddox, who was real tough on us. But, I mean, oh, yeah, it's awesome. Al Leiter, who's a great pitcher as well. So, oh, yeah, definitely a thrill. And going back to that 1999 team, you had a huge home run in September of that season, late in the game, late in the season, uh, I think it was late in the game in which you hit a home run to, to 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 win the game, and you guys ended up tying the Astros with that win. Right. You guys tied the Astros for first place. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah, Ricky Botalico, I think it was. St. Louis hung their slider. Uh, Two McCary Robinson and uh, Jason Larue were on base, and he hung the slider and. It pretty much carried the wind, blew it on out of there. So, yeah, that was a big moment for me. And, you know, put a, gave us a win that we really needed at that time. So, man, I'll never forget that as well. Yeah, and, and then you guys ran into some bad luck in Milwaukee, that last three-game oh, series in Milwaukee. That's, you know, when it, when I talk to guys on that 99 team, it's not so much the the heartbreaking loss to the Mets as it is the the regrets <laughs> that you guys had in Milwaukee and I, I remember it being real rainy that series and you guys yeah. uh you guys on the very last game in which you needed a win to go into that one game playoff you mm-hmm. you were delayed like five hours or something like that and but you eventually yeah. you pulled it off but you know two out of three in Milwaukee you, we might be talking about the 1999 world champion Reds oh man yeah not just the five hour rain delay but that's when Milwaukee was in that old stadium. So sitting in that locker room for five hours and had <laughs> nothing to do, you know. So it was, yeah, it's that. We regret that. I mean, you got to give credit to the Brewers, though. They, they, you know, they did their job. They knocked us out. Well, they didn't knock us out, but I mean, we didn't go there and win those games. Right. We didn't, you know. So just give credit to those guys for that. That was, that was, I'll never ever forget that as well. <laughs> so, uh... 97 wins. 97 wins and didn't get into the playoffs. That's amazing. Um, you were on that 2004 World Championship Boston team, as you mentioned before. What what was right. that like, and how special was that team to the city of Boston? Uh, that team was great. I mean, had a bunch of loose cannons. You know, we enjoyed playing with each other, and it was very important because, I mean, 86 years. They hadn't won a championship in 86 years, and we were able to uh, bring home the championship for them and, 
Terry Francona is pretty much like Jack McCann. He's laid back, be on time, and give 110% and take it from there. And, you know, that's what we did. We had great leadership. And, you know, you had Schilling, you had Veritech, you had Pedro. You know, those guys are, you know, Hall of Famers in my book. But, yeah, so those guys did a great job of, you know, pitching. And we played good defense. And, obviously, we had Ortiz and Manny and Veritech tried and, Bill Miller's of the world. Euclid was a youngster on that team. So, you know, we had, a, we had a good team, you know, and we just, you know, played hard and got the championship. Was it extra special because that team hadn't won in so long? Oh, yeah, yeah, being a part of something. Those people have been, you know, 86 years. You know, being a part of that, those people, that's something they'll never forget and something we'll never forget. And, and I'm, I'm glad I was blessed to, to, you know, have an opportunity to be a part of that. Were the fans good to you there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I packed house every day. I think it was 40,000 fans uh, every night, you know, screaming, hollering for you. I mean, it, it's awesome. Yeah, that's a great place to play. I enjoyed my year there. You know, I should have went back the next year, but, hey, that, that's the business of the game. But, yeah, I, I really did enjoy uh, being there in Boston. Okay. M- m- more importantly for regarding that team and that season, who had the better dreads that year, you or Bronson? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> at that time, I had the braids. So, yeah, uh, I say I had the best Bronson. That's my boy, too, man. <laughs> yeah, Bronson is a good guy. And I, I still have to say my braids are a little bit better than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bronson Bronson is a guy that, you know, that endeared himself just like you did here in Cincinnati. And, you know, we're right. we're hoping to have him back at some point to induct him into the Reds Hall of Fame. As he had a great career okay. here. And did I, you said that was your boy as well. Did did you enjoy his company and playing with him? Oh, yeah. We, so me, me and Bronson also played together in Pittsburgh. He was, ah. a little, he was in the minors that, you know, in spring training we worked together. But, yeah, I, I knew Bronson pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, he's a great guy, man. <laughs> that do you still keep in touch with your former teammates? Uh sometimes I you know you have Facebook, you know, you talk to them through through that and you know, I talked to Dimitri pretty much mostly. That's you know, we've yeah. been close a long time. So, I mean, oh, you know, you'll Facebook somebody here and there, but as far as on the phone, it's not too much talking over the phone these days. It's just hey, what's up on Facebook and stuff like that. Yeah, and, you know, it's probably a good thing that you have Facebook because I think if you saw Dimitri, if you walked up to him now, you might not even recognize him. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I saw some pictures. Yeah, that's my boy, Dimitri. Yeah. yeah, and I'm glad he's healthy and, you know, he you know got that weight off and he's healthy again. So that, that's the most important thing. That's right. Uh, who were some of your favorite teammates? Not only guys that, you you know, you may have hung out with, but – also, guys, you just simply enjoyed playing with and watching. Now, to be honest, all of them. I mean, that's and that's my honest opinion. I didn't have one person I played with that I hate. I, I enjoyed my time being around all those guys. I mean, we were trying to reach one goal. Yeah, we did. May probably didn't hang out on you know off the field talk you know a lot, but I, I enjoyed really enjoyed being around all those guys that I played with. That, that's my honest. That's the honest truth. Did you get a chance while in, during your playing time here, Pokey, to uh, enjoy the 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 food of Cincinnati, specifically the Skyline Chili? Oh no doubt, Skyline. <laughs> Big up the Skyline. Love it, love it, love the chili. The three way. I love you. Oh yeah, no doubt. 
uh, what's the in the uh, the uh, the real place we used to have them on Friday night? They bring the food in. Oh my goodness, Montgomery and Real. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gosh, man, I love those <laughs> potato chips they have up there. Oh wow. I'm making yeah, you hungry now, that. aren't I? Yeah, we might have to take care of you. Danny Graves sent me a, a message a couple years ago, or I saw a message uh-huh. on, on on his Instagram saying that he was out of Montgomery Inn sauce. So we sent him a, we sent him some La Rosa's pizza, some, some Montgomery Inn sauce, oh, yeah. and some Skyline chili in the can. So we might have no to take doubt, care of no. you. That's some good stuff, man. That's some good stuff. Hey, Pokey, I appreciate you so much for uh, for coming on and taking time out of your busy schedule to, to talk with us. I think the fans are going to love it. Okay, no problem, Jamie. All right, Pokey, take care and stay in touch, man. Okay, okay, thank you, Jamie. A huge thanks to Pokey for joining us from his home in South Carolina. A lot of you younger fans today are familiar with how amazing current Reds gold glover Brandon Phillips is at fielding his position. But for some of us a little bit older, we saw Pokey make many similar great plays at second base over at Old Riverfront Stadium. I was happy to hear Pokey's a big fan of Brandon's and enjoys watching him play. I hope you'll join us next week as we welcome to the show the man Marty Brenneman called the single greatest leader he's come across in his 40-plus years of broadcasting Reds baseball, Greg Vaughn. The music you heard on the podcast this week was courtesy of Jack Broadbent and his album, Along the Trail of Tears which is available now on iTunes. Thank yous go out this week to Pokey Reese, the Cincinnati Reds, and my pal Lisa Braun. And a special thanks to our talented technical director, Nick Prince, without whom this podcast wouldn't exist. Don't forget to join us for the Reds Hot Stove League and Better Off Red Baseball Trivia at the Holy Grail Banks on Tuesday, November 24th at 6 p.m. Eastern. That's all from BOR headquarters. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jamie Ramsey. Expect good news. Now on board you are famous. Memories swept you off your feet by my place I've gone. Forgotten road. Twined around your mind to help the traveler coming home. And it's all in a dream. It's a big black boat going on a big black world. I can't reach me. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 